The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football Monday. Welcome aboard, everybody. Big Sills here on the National Football Show. Hope everyone had what I would call one of the greatest college and pro football weekends I've ever seen. The upsets that we saw on Saturday in the college ranks and then the signature games that we saw on Sunday and capped off with that remarkable setting. I don't know if the game was remarkable. It was so well coached on the Belichick side with the Patriots versus the Buccaneers. But that setting, the rain, Brady back in Boston, you know, the doink that was heard around the world that gave the Buccaneers the 1917 victory in Brady's return. By the way, this just in, 22.7 million people watched that thing last night. How's that for you? 22.7 million people. And that's not before the streamers and everything else when it comes to social media is being calculated into the final total. This thing's going to be absolutely remarkable. It is. It's just going to be absolutely remarkable, I think, the ratings. And we'll talk about that game. We'll talk about some of the signature moments. I'm going to make a point to you, and I think everybody in Philadelphia is going to love this. Kyler Murray is the NFL's version of Allen Iverson. This kid is incredible. And after the first quarter pull of the NFL season, is Kyler Murray not your most valuable player after the first four games? That kid is remarkable. He, he and his Cardinals destroyed the Rams. Destroyed the Rams. All right, but we're going to start it off in Philadelphia with Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs rolling into Lincoln Financial. By the way, let me start it off here for you. Nunez, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Gannon's groupie, appreciate you coming aboard. I say this always to you guys. You guys come in. You guys bring content to the show. We love it. We love the fact that you guys add to the program. I know you guys are going to be adding a lot, especially with what you saw this past weekend. Um, It's going to be... I think, a really power-packed day. By the way, Gary Cobb, as he does each and every single Monday, will join us at 4.30. We'll go over in his view on what he saw with the, with the Eagles versus the Chiefs. So we will talk with him. That'll be at the bottom of the hour. All right. Let me throw this at you here. This game that I saw, and I watched pretty much all, every, every single bit of it, okay? 42 to 30. Kansas City is just a better team than the Philadelphia Eagles right now. They're just a better team. They got more skilled guys, and they have a more skilled coach. 
Did you not see that play out last night? Mac Jones has a great skilled coach in Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniel as a coordinator. That Patriots team had no right being in that game last night, but they are so well coached. They kept that game, and when there were injuries on the Buccaneer side, what happened? They kept that game close. And I am not taking anything away from Bruce Arians. He's a hell of a coach, and so was Byron Leftwich. So was Todd Bowles on the Buccaneer side. But when you have great coaching, it shows its head and rears its head in the NFL, more so than in college. In college, you think really Nick Saban is that much better of a coach, or do you think he's just that much better of a recruiter? And what I mean recruiter, I mean recruiter of assistant coaches too. Building staffs, building rosters, that's Nick Saban's strength and his dedication to greatness. Those are the three things that make Saban head and heels above everybody else. Get this, and I'll show you something else here as we move on to this game. So Nick Saban mentored Kirby Smart, did he not? The current head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs. You think there's any coincidence that the second best team in the country is a disciple of Nick Saban's? Is there any coincidence to that? He's building that program at Georgia the same way that Saban's building that program at Alabama. Great assistant coaches, great recruiting, and great commitment to winning. Last night, we saw that with Belichick. Belichick went out and spent over $300 million when it came to retooling the organization. You went out and got Mac Jones, a guy who won football games at Alabama, who was coached by one of the greatest coaches of all time in Saban. You don't think that that was plugged into the equation of what he wanted that team to look like in 2026? This is a build in New England for 2026. Coaching rears its head in the NFL. Coaching reared its head at Lincoln Financial. I'll say this again to you. And I said this on the postgame show with Krause Sr. I didn't have a problem with Jalen Hurts in this football game against Andy Reid and that Kansas City Chiefs defense. 32 of 48, 387. Devontae Smith, seven catches, 122 yards. They found a way to be able to get him the football. This ended up just coming down to one particular stat, actually two stats, that absolutely killed the Eagles in that ball game. I don't even know who the running back is, okay? I don't even know who the running back is in Kansas City. They ran the ball 32 times for 200 yards. When's the last time an Andy Reid football team ran the ball for 200 yards? If I was Fletcher Cox, I would go in on Tuesday when I get my paycheck and I'd have my head down and my hand out. Another game that he records zero statistics in the ball game. Can't be the highest paid player on your team and not show up. This guy's Casper the Ghost, man. Put his face on a milk carton. Have you seen this player? You know, Krause Jr. was telling me, Sills, Aaron Donald, I'll get to him too. Hey, Krause Jr. tells me that Aaron Donald's the best defensive tackle in the game. Really? Last two weeks, his defense has given up 900 yards in total offense. Really? So the best player in the game is on a defense that gave up 900 yards. 900 yards, okay, in the last two weeks. The only position I'm ever paying for, if I'm a general manager, is corner, pass rusher, 
Maybe. And, and that is the only reason that Donald makes that money. He ain't making that money because he plays the run. Hey, he's not. Okay? And Arizona pounded the Rams. Pounded the Rams. Okay? I didn't even see Donald in the ball game. So, again, you know, I, I'm, I'm not upset here with the way that Jalen Hurts played. You know what? I, can't, I, was, I was just talking to Krause Jr. on this. You know, I don't know about you, but what I saw this past Monday night when they played against the Cowboys, Jalen just completely looked like he was out of his element. And then on Sunday, when he played against Kansas City, he was smooth. He ran the pocket well. Um, he got out in the perimeter well. He found his wide receivers. I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was a completely different guy. Actually, I'm not going to give you the, um, the praise that Nick Sirianni gave Jalen Hurts, but I'm going to say this to you. I was pretty impressed with the guy. I was okay. I thought the guy really played well in the ball game. I thought Devontae, hey, by the way, the tight ends on the Eagles are great. Please, more of that. And this is kind of with a helter-skelter offensive line. So here, if, if you're an Eagle fan today, this is what you have to take away from this game. Are you ready? I, by the way, I want to say hi to everybody. Nunez, appreciate it. Ken, thanks for coming aboard. Joey B, all of you guys that add to the program. Anybody else want to add to it? Okay, we appreciate it. Hey, they need a veteran defensive coordinator on that football team in Philadelphia. They need a guy who knows how to stop people. The rules are different than they are in the college game. They need to get somebody in that room that, you, you know, I was just talking prior to coming on the air here. One of the reasons that Sean McVay hired Wade Phillips was because Wade Phillips was a former head football coach, knew the nuances of the football league, and was helping Sean McVay uh, really transition into being a coach in the NFL. Nick Sirianni, I mean, has really nobody, has really nobody, okay, in, in the room there to help him really make that transition. Listen, I'll say this to you. Have you guys ever seen an assistant coach with a one-loss record, a defensive coordinator, or OC? No. And why is that? Because the head coach is accountable. The head coach is accountable for that. Nobody's going to give you kudos. Like last night, Bill Belichick takes that L. Why? Because he's the head coach. Did they construct a really great game plan last night against Brady and give him confusing looks last night? I'll tell you this. That was one of the best defensive game plans I've ever seen thrown at Tom Brady for 60 minutes of football. It came down to a missed field goal by the Patriots. They had the game in their hand to win it, and it bounced off and upright. That shows you, shows you the brilliance of Belichick and his son, who's kind of a figurehead in there. But it's really Bill constructing the game plan. Did you see those multiple looks that they were giving Brady pre-snap? They were not showing him anything. Joey B, 22.1 million viewers. And I'm going to tell you this. By the time they take all the social media and streaming and all that, 
I think that thing's probably going to get around 25 million people saw that Sunday game. Okay? And by the way, so the Kansas City Chiefs had 6.3 yards per carry. Boy, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles defense, man, you got to have a come-to-Jesus conversation because you got the football ran down your throat. And I guarantee you, Gary Cobb at the bottom of the hour is going to tell you the same thing. It's going to come down to this. Dude, those guys are catching all Sunday long. They were catching. I didn't have a problem with the Eagles' offense, except for the fact they don't have a running game. Now, they ran the ball for 103 yards in the ball game. I mean, okay, 103 yards. What was it, 19 attempts they had? Up 16 attempts from the week previous when they only had three. Okay? 42-30. I mean, I don't know. What did you expect? Did you actually think that Eagle team was going to be in a room with a team that's been to three straight AFC championship games? Come on, man. Come on. That's not what that was going to be. So, I take away from it, I thought there was progress by Jalen. I thought there was progress in Devontae. I wasn't down. Is this a, is this a contending football team? No. And this is probably what's going to be the discouraging thing for Eagle fans, because you know what they did? They had a lot of excitement at the beginning of the year, and now they're exhaling and going, Jesus, criminy, we're just going to struggle to be 500 this year, which I don't think you're going to be. But I do think you can improve the same way that the Dolphins improved a year ago or two years ago, I would say, when they were not winning games, and all of a sudden at the back end, you started watching those Dolphins start to win games against Seattle and the Eagles. Dude, is is Gannon? Do they need a new coordinator? They need new people. Here, guys, it's so easy to blame a coach. But those weren't coaches out there catching. Fletcher Cox, Hoss, you got to make a play. I don't care how many times you sit there and blame a coordinator. Guys got to go out and make a play. They all do. Those linebackers, I don't know about you, but those linebackers, um, yeah, okay. And by the way, Patrick Mahomes, like I said on Friday, ate up the secondary of the Eagles. Here's what has to be drastically improved. And can it be? Well, look at what Dallas is doing now with Dan Quinn. Those are almost the same personnel guys that they had a year ago. What are they doing? They simplified it. They went to a new front. They, they, they got away from complex schemes. They just said, go out and play. And the Cowboys now look like they have a good enough defense to contend. Everyone knows their offense is going to be good enough. But everyone at the end of the day is looking at that defense now. And the most improved part of the Dallas Cowboys is their defense. Hey, and for the record, you might as well stop with the NFC East. That's over with. Dallas is a contending Super Bowl contender now after the first four weeks of the season. They're a contender. I know that Payne's Eagle guys, probably also with the Washington guys, you guys are sitting there, and I, it was a heck of a comeback by Tyler Hankey versus the Falcons. Nice pass at the end of the ball game to beat the Falcons. But, you know, I mean, the rest of the teams in the NFC East are awful. Or I should say this, 
they still got holes in their football team. I will also throw this at you here. There's not a perfect football team at all in the NFL right now. Everybody has some dents in the fender. There's there's a hole everywhere. Look at what happened with the uh, Buffalo Bills at the beginning of the year against that Pittsburgh Steeler team. I would say this to you. Really? You lose to that Steeler team? It's pretty remarkable to see what they've done. They've got like two shutouts in the last three weeks. Bills are playing really good on defense. That is one of the better football teams, man. They're a good football team. And Josh Allen has kind of rectified the inaccuracies that he had early on in the year. But Buffalo looks good. Arizona looks like the cream of the league right now. They went in to SoFi and beat that Rams team down. Down. Okay, so I don't know what you guys are looking at here when it comes to, okay, when it comes to what your expectations are for the Eagles. But I would ask you this because, listen, you're not going to win the East. Unless Dak gets hurt, the East is off limits to the Eagles. Not happening. So, temper down the expectations. Here's what I would like to see. I'd like to see the Eagles finish with six or seven wins and Jalen Hurts solidify himself whether or not he's the future of the team. Got to figure that out. And, 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 And for the record, I believe this is his eighth start. Let's do this. Okay. And eight starts, how does he look? I don't know, 32 of 48, 387? That's a pretty good-looking football um, stat line there against a very good coordinator for Kansas City. Okay? Two TDs in the game. I mean, they ran the ball 103. That's improved. They had 461 in total offense. I mean, get this. The Chiefs only outdid them by 10 yards in total offense in this game. Like I said, though, the stat of the night was 200 yards rushing on 32 attempts. 32 attempts by an Andy Reid football team is crazy. Crazy. Hey, the penalties, are you shocked that there's high penalties, nine penalties for, what was it, 54 yards or something? The yards aren't that bad. Two wins, six losses, a starting quarterback for Hurts. Smile, I'll say it one more time to you, though. I wasn't down on him. I thought he played very well in that game. I did. I thought I, I, I thought he played exceptional football. I do want to also talk about that game last night. Um, I thought that was a magical, magical night last night at Gillette. You see Brady talking to Bob Kraft before they went into, you know, the locker rooms. Everybody was hugging. It was really a great atmosphere. It was kind of collegiate. How about, how about this? The Boston fans reminded me of Eagle fans. I think they would revere a superstar player coming back. You know what I wish somebody would tell me? If Reggie White ever went back into the vet when he was a Green Bay Packer, I'd like to know how Eagle fans um, received Reggie because I don't remember how Eagle fans received Reggie. I don't know if Reggie ever went into the vet as a Packer. I I don't remember that. I'm not sure if I can remember what the significance of the outcome of the game was and how Eagle fans, how they received them. 
but I thought it was appropriate. They they cheered him, then they booed him. They wanted their Pats to win. And then after the game, he walked off the field for the final time at Gillette, and they were there waiting for him. Thought it was magical. I thought it was magical. But you can't do this with Tom Brady. You got to make Tom Brady score a touchdown with under two minutes left in the game. You can't let him go out there and just get a field goal. He's going to beat you every time. You just can't do that. You've got to make him work for that final score. And when they only got the field goal, I said, no way. No way on the planet is he going to lose that. Now, it came down to a missed kick in the rain from 57 yards. Joey B says it lived up to the hype. It sure did. Sure did. Over 22 million people saw that thing. I loved how Belichick, and by the way, Belichick spending 20 minutes or 25 minutes in an opposing team's locker room after a loss to celebrate one of his guys. That's massive respect. Bill doesn't do that for anybody, especially in a loss. That guy doesn't like to lose. He even hugged Brady, and everyone tried making. You know what's funny? How can you take away things from people that have earned them? Smile says the Eagle fans mocked Reggie because he said God told him to go to Green Bay. Just so happens to offer the most money. Yeah, he got offered $9 million to go up play in Green Bay. Eagle fans are hard, man. Okay, they're hard. He was, Gannon said he was cheered at first, then booed in 94. That's the way it should be. That's the way that should be. And it, it, I, pretty much, I thought it was exactly the same way last night. I thought it was handled incredibly well. Ken says, we love Reggie, bottom line. Of course you do. Reggie White's an eagle. He's not a Packer. I don't care what he did up there. Just like Andy Reid. You think Andy Reid's a chief? Or do you think he's an eagle? You know he's an eagle. You think Dick Vermeil's a ram? Dick Vermeil's an eagle. You think Tom Brady is a buccaneer? Or do you think he's a patriot? Come on, man. Right? Certain guys don't change who they are. Reggie Jackson's not a Yankee. He's an Oakland A. I don't care what anybody says. Reggie played five years there. He created his legend in Oakland, though, with the A's. And those incredible teams. Okay? You think Dr. J's truly a sixer? Dr. J's a net of the ABA. Come on, man. Favre's a Packard, not a Falcon. We know this. So Brady last night going back. Okay? It was great. You just can't leave time on the clock for that guy. He is a modern-day Bill Russell. He is a modern-day Bill Russell. He's the best freaking winner I've ever seen in football. He, You know, I was, I was telling Krause Jr. this. He is the NFL's version of Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> just Mike. Hey, Mike, man. Dr. J with the ABAs and that's Come on, man. He, he built his reputation and legacy with the Nets. 
okay? Those posters and those converse weren't because he was a sixer. Michael Vick's a Falcon, exactly right, David. But he had success in Philly. And by the way, I'm not saying that those guys didn't revere their spots and their times at those cities. Wilt's a sixer. You could debate sixer or warrior. But that 67 team, I mean, okay, with Chet Walker and them dudes. Hoss, that team was Chamberlain led the NBA in assist of uh, that year because they asked him to. I mean, it was a great basketball team. That 67 team was one of the greatest basketball teams of all time. So, yeah, no, I mean, when Brady goes back last night, the rain, I think NBC did a great job of it. Hey, how about this, too? How awesome was that that Tom Brady passed Drew Brees and he didn't stop or nobody stopped the game because they were getting into the red zone of the Patriots? That is so appropriate on how – see, everyone looks at it and doesn't think that that was appropriately – McNabb is an eagle. Will always be. How appropriate was that handle? Yeah, because you know why Al Michaels didn't get his – do you believe in miracles moment? And so the broadcasters in my business are going to piss all over that because at the end of the day, you know, you know, they didn't get their moment, but I thought it was so appropriately handled. All right. We're going to take a brief timeout. Gary Cobb from Fox 29 in Philadelphia is going to give us his take on it. You keep it right here on the national football show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. 
Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. If you would have told me that Andy Reid would have ran the ball 32 times and ran the ball more than he threw it in a game against the Eagles at Lincoln Financial, I would have told you you were crazy. I would have told you you were crazy. I can't even tell you who their running back is, but they ran for 200 yards against that Eagle football team, and really that was the stat of the game. Let's bring in our friend from Fox 29, our friend Gary Cobb in. Gary said this last week. He saw way too much catching. Well, you know, that was a half against the 49ers. This was, I thought, 60 minutes of it. Let's bring in our friend here from Fox 29. Gary, I I just said, if you would have told me that Andy Reid had more rushing attempts than passing attempts with Patrick Mahomes, I would have said you were crazy. I thought Jalen played well, man. I, I, I didn't have really a problem with him. But what happened on the defensive side for the Eagles? Well, and that's the thing. You know, they're playing a two-deep zone. And, you know, to play the two-deep zone, you got seven people in the box. And they really don't have the linebackers. You know, their linebackers are just – they're just not good enough to stop the run in there because they're not good at getting off blocks. They're not really physical linebackers. They're, they're probably better as pass uh, defenders. Uh, not that they're great in that aspect, but they really haven't put a priority on their linebackers. That's the problem. And in order to play that defense, now, see, Tampa Bay played that last year. Okay. But who does Tampa Bay have as linebackers? Yep. You know, you got you got Devin White and um, I'm, 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 I'm trying to remember his name, but uh, another great athlete. Two guys great can run. They can run with wideouts just about. But they're aggressive, quick, and so it's very hard for the offensive linemen to block them in space. So they do a good job of tackling, and they don't let you get a running game going where you can really uh, depend on it. The other thing I think the Eagles are going to have to do is you have to move your linemen, meaning you have to have stunts. Where you know we had a situation where we used to give we could give the lineman a call and he go inside. I'm going to go around and protect him, but the offensive lineman, a lot of times, hey, the guy stunts at the, at the snap. He goes a direction that he, he didn't know. Well, he gets around him, gets in the backfield. You make a stop. See, if you make a stop and tackle them for a loss right away, now now they gotta they gotta they gotta put the running game down and they gotta throw. See, so the Eagles are gonna have to do that. They're gonna have to uh, let those uh, linebackers move those tackles at different times. Maybe have them, you know, they got stunned inside, come around each other, do different things to move because they can't just stand there because these linebackers are not, they're not good enough to get off blocks. They're just not real big physical guys. And they're not the fastest. I mean, they're they're really mediocre players. They they don't really put put a priority on having, you know, like top uh, first round, second round, top talent at the linebacker position. And see, now the way these offenses are attacking teams, 
you need playmakers at the linebacker position. You need some special talent there. And that's what Tampa Bay has. There are a number of other teams in the league that have that. Like, you know, the kid Micah Parsons down there, you know, where they got this special talent at the linebacker position. Who can just about one with a wide out, he can attack a lineman, take him on, you know, you, you need, a, you know, an exceptional talent. And the Eagles really just don't have that. They cannot sit in that too deep zone. They're going to have to come out of it and mix things up more. But uh, they really play two defenses. They play a five-man front where teams are throwing against that. They they check out of the run and, and they throw the ball against them there because they don't have as many defenders. So, you know, and with the way they call things now, it, it's the offensive game. And I got to give them credit. They ran the ball down their throat uh, to see – uh, Andy do that when everybody used to say, come on, Andy, run the ball some. And now he says, hey, you're going to sit in that two deep zone. We're going to run the ball. And then when they wanted to, they were able to throw and get what they wanted. It, it really was a, a clinic. That's what it was uh, yesterday over at Lincoln Financial Field. It was a clinic. Absolutely. 24-30, 278 and five touchdowns. And Man, that Mahomes, I tell you, when he gets on the move, you know, he's he's not – you know, fast, fast, but he's just, he can throw going to his left, to his right. He's throwing the ball underhand, sidearms. You know, son of a gun is just, man, he, he, he's got a great, he's a great arm talent. There's no doubt about them. That's why now you see the league looking for guys like that. That's why, you know, the kid up in uh, with the Jets, they saw Jack him, Wilson. Yeah, been able to throw from the different angles. So right away, they think of Mahomes. So, if you can do that now, and of course, Kyler Murray out in uh, Phoenix. Hey, what about that game? That was a shocker, boy. The hey, man, I'm going to throw this at you, Gary. <laughs> After the first four uh, games of the year, he's your MVP. I mean, he's Allen Iverson. Yeah. And Cleats. I mean, this guy just is incredible. I want to go back to what you said about the defensive line. It's funny you would say that about, you know, the technique that the front seven is playing in Philadelphia here. And Jerome used to tell me this, Jerome Brown, and even talking to Aaron Donald, Mm -hmm. As long as you're in communication with your linebackers behind you, it's okay to run around the block as long as you know what gap you're going to take. That's and what right. that does is it stops the offensive lineman from getting up on slipping and scooping you. Yep. And it kind of keeps them honest a little bit. And like you said, maybe the scheme right now, because look at what Dan Quinn has done to the Dallas Cowboy defense in one yep. year. They're playing fast and they're simplified. That's Do you right. think that's because – I mean – Fletcher Cox has been non-existent so far this year. He's got one sack. He yeah. didn't show up in the stat sheet. Is that kind of where we are right now? You These know, guys are it, playing slow-footed. I think they're playing slow-footed. You know, you, you really – to let them loose sometimes where they can just take off, where they don't have any responsibility, you know, try to get some penetration. And, uh, it, it, you know, we used to have uh, – when I was in Detroit, I played for a guy uh, who was a defensive line coach. His name was Floyd Peters. Oh, and, great And coach. he was – he was a real good defensive line coach. And he used to say, hey, turn these guys loose, Cobb. So I would let him go inside, outside, you know, and I, and I got him covered. If I know he's going this way, hey, I got this side, that's okay. But see, now the lineman, he's guessing. He doesn't know. Where's this guy going? So now they're not as able to be as aggressive. And the Eagles are going to have to do that type of thing. But I see where the defensive coordinator, he's a young kid. You know, he's learning. He, he doesn't know, you know, because I, I, I see where he, he gets in the uh, the two deep zone and he doesn't mix it up. 
You know, you can get in that sometime, but give them something to fear, you know, something. In, and so if you if you move around, like especially people like Fletcher, you know, if you turn him loose where you let him go inside, boy, you know, and he catches somebody, let's say they're going the other way and he blows in there, blows the play up. Now the whole line, man, they go, where did he come from? Where, did you have him? Did I have him? You know, that shakes him up. And so you can do that. And uh, with, with both of those guys, because the way, you know, Hargrave is playing, I mean, and, and the thing he's doing is he's, play, he's playing aggressive. He's attacking. And Fletcher's grabbing. He's not attacking as much. He's, you know, and uh, I, I would, I would want to get him going. So I would especially, I would turn him loose and have him pinch inside sometime. You know, let him get in that backfield uh, really to scare them. Because if you have a big, big, big monster show up all of a sudden in the backfield, that shakes the offense up. Shakes up the quarterback, uh, the running backs. <laughs> Nobody wants to see what like, I thought you had him, you know. And when that guy shows up in there, boy, it, it really is good. But uh, it was an interesting game, though. You know, really, the Eagles defense, you know, they got they got to get going. But I will say offensively, you know, they uh, there were some pleasant things I saw yesterday with the, with the Eagles offense. Yeah, uh, and, and to, 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 to expand on that, I mean – it looked like they got the ball to Devontae, seven catches, 122. I mean, you know, from the Monday night game against the Cowboys mm -hmm. to the Chiefs game, I, I, I was tweeting this out, Gary. I was going like, I can't believe this is Jalen Hurts. 32-48, yeah. 387, two touchdowns. He had command of the huddle. He had command of the pocket. He was rolling out. He was fighting. And by the way, the Eagles may have the best group of tight ends yeah. in the NFL. Those guys can place the ball. That Goddard kid. Yep. That kid catching that one-handed pass That's right. in, the, in the corner of the end zone. I mean, I thought there was some things to build on with the offense coming out of that KC game. Do you agree? Uh, no doubt about it. You know, we, we started to see Devontae. You know, he he's the kind – he's got that basketball in him. You know, where guys are able to do that shake and, you know, he's able to, to, to give, you know, the kind of unorthodox rhythm, you know, to get guys off. And he's very hard to cover because he can give, you know uh, – well, you, you see this in basketball. I can see he's got that in him. So he's able to, you know, make it very tough with you. Jam him, you know, and he's able to get that separation. So he's starting to feel comfortable, too, in the offense and where they're, they're letting him do his thing. So you can see the potential there. You know, this kid could be a very special player. And, you know, it's not a shock, you know, when you, when you win the Heisman Trophy. But he's got those kind of skills, and now they're putting him in a position to, to utilize them. But, you know, Jalen, you know, the big thing with Jalen is he, he's a fighter. And uh, he, he, I think the other guys will follow him into a fight. And so he's very aggressive and, and, and competing. He had that line playing hard. And I realized on that offensive line, they had four guys replaced up there. So, yeah. You know, so, but they did a good job. They did a good job. You know, it, you know, it wasn't perfect, but they did a good job up there. And that, you know, it says a lot about the offensive line coach. They got a good one there. But. I really like the, the fact that Jalen seems to be in control. He's confident. Uh, the other guys believe in him. You know, he missed a few throws, but he had a great day. And uh, I thought that was the best game of the season for him. You know, even though they didn't win it, he had a lot of good plays that really showed that, you know, they can, they can get a lot of things done offensively. Now, some interesting things are happening because this kid, uh, kid uh, Kenneth Gainwell, He's very good coming out of the backfield. He's yes. really better than than Miles uh, Sanders when it comes to, to the, uh, the pass game. And they want to throw the ball so much that 
he really was more productive uh, yesterday than than Miles. But they got to give him the ball more. They come on. That's the one thing that I wasn't crazy about is that, look, you let Miles Sanders run the ball only seven times, two times the game before that. Come on. A, a running back can't even get into a rhythm. He's getting the ball, you know, uh, so few times. So I'd like to see them, you know, get that running game going more. And I think what the coach should do is have somebody get in his ear during the game. Hey, coach, let's not forget that running game. Hey, coach, you know, you have one of your buddies on the staff. Hey, remind me to work that running game in there. So because he's got to do that more. Now, see, he's always going to be leaning towards the passing game because he was a wide receiver coach. Right. That's what's in his blood. But just Andy was the same way because he was like a tight end coach. But you you want to make sure that you don't get away from the, the running game. Still need that in there because if you get some, um, some, some tough treading or if you're in a situation like they were where, look, we don't want their offense to have the ball. So let's run it a little bit. Let's hold on to the ball. Give our defense a little break. So they got to they got to uh, not get away from that. But really like what I saw out of Devontae. He started to come into his own. Jalen with outstanding game, uh, with his reading of the coverages. He knew where he was going with the ball. You know, so he's getting more of a command of things, uh, which I, I, I love to see. He missed a few throws, but he made a lot of good throws. And throwing the ball downfield. I mean, you throw for almost 400 yards. You know, that's a good day. And so. I like the way they're headed there. So offensively, they're headed in the right direction. Defensively, they got they got to tighten things down because uh, you, you cannot let people just run the ball down your throat that much because you look at the schedule, it's not getting easier. No. You know, you, you got good teams coming up, and um, they're going to have to tighten up defensively because that's, you know, let really, you know, they had one interception, but seven – uh, times, you know, the the Kansas City Chiefs got the ball. Six times they were in the end zone. So six out of seven, I'm sorry. Some of my people lose their job six out of seven. You know, that's when you go, like, you know what? Maybe we need a new defensive coordinator. Maybe we need we need some new defensive players. You know, if you're, you're not getting it done, but uh, they got to do a better job there, and he's got to mix it up. Can't just sit in that double zone. But I, I really like what we saw offensively. So, all in all, I, I think that, uh, you know, with the offense going in the right direction, that's that's a thumbs up because a lot of these guys, they want to depend on, let's say, for the next 10 years. They hope that, hey, they got a quarterback that's going to be here. Uh, they're confident about Devontae Smith. And, uh, you know, with Dallas Goddard kind of coming into his own, you know, I know he he's looking for a new contract. So, you know, uh, he was happy to you make those catches because, you know, he's – He's looking yeah. for that coin, you know. Yeah. Hey, hey, Gary, I want to expand on what you said about coordinators. And, you know, I loved what Sean McVay did a couple of years ago when he was hired. He brought in Wade Phillips. He had an experienced guy to help him yep. go from being a coordinator to being a head coach. And he kind of helped him kind of as he went from that transition on being a coordinator. And I'm going to tie last night's game. You know, I watched Bill Belichick put that scheme together against Tom Brady with those disguise coverages yep. and how they moved the backers around and how they moved exactly what you were saying. They were sliding the defensive front. Yep. That was one of the biggest tests that I've ever seen Tom Brady take for 60 minutes of ball game. And you and I can appreciate it. I'm watching the game and I'm going, 
Look at the disguise walk-up coverages. They're not showing him where the free and strong safety are. They're not showing him who's blitzing. That's and right. when you're a guy like Brady and you're just walking to your position, I think the uh, Ravens really were the master at that, not showing where their coverages were. Yeah. That's experience on that side of the ball. And I think that's what kept them in that game last night against Brady because he's the ultimate student versus the ultimate teacher. Would it have benefited Nick Sirianni on having a veteran defensive coordinator on that staff? And again, Jimmy Johnson has said this to me. You can have a great head coach, but if he doesn't have great assistants and great coordinators, that'll be his demise. That's right. I mean, the construction of the coaching staff, is that also to be questioned it's this coming offseason? You know, you, you make a great point because uh, when you go too young on that staff, yeah, that usually doesn't work out well. You know, and, and they're too young. Um, you know, the special team coach is 29. All of the guys, none of them are 40 years old. And, and they're inexperienced. And, you know, uh, he doesn't have anybody that will tell him, look, I remember back in 19-whatever, uh, we did this A, B, and C, and I saw such and such do this. You know, that experience, you, you cannot put a, a value on that, you know, because he needs that and really lacks it, you know. And, and uh, you know, make, you made a good point. Uh, they don't. They do a horrible job of trying to disguise their coverage. They just run to where they're going to be. Like, you know, they never heard. I said, you guys ever heard of disguising coverages? It's too predictable. But they just, you you watch them. If you look at the all twenty two, yeah, they just run to where they're going to be. They don't disguise it. It's not good football, you know. And, and you know, it's not smart football. And you can see nobody's trying to correct it. So that means all the guys on the staff they don't know either, and and that's a problem. So you know, your point about having somebody with experience on there can't say enough about the value of that because. They always have, you know, that history where they can go back and they've seen so many different things. So they're able to give that good advice. But he really needs somebody to pull his coattail because there's no way in the world anybody on staff would have let him run the ball three times and not say, hey, coach, you know, I, I know you're trying to throw the we got to run the ball more, you know, just at least some, you know, because we you put your offensive line in a position where, this guy knows we're going to throw every play, you know, and and then you're going to get some holding penalties. So, you know, because I said, you know, hey, you got a loud crowd and and you got a uh, a situation where, you know, you're throwing the ball every down. You're going to have some holding penalties. You're going to have some jumping offside. You're going to have some – you're putting the, the offensive lineman in a bad situation where, where you're just uh, basically telling everybody what you're going to do. And that, you don't want to do that on either side of the ball. And, you know, your point about disguising the coverages, you know, uh, we started learning that. But like when I was in college, you started learning that about how to, you know, why just tell them where you're going to be? Move around, you know. It, it makes people uncomfortable. They're not sure. And you see a lot of teams, like what you say about the Ravens, they got all – people come up to the line, so you got all these guys standing up. You know, like, <laughs> you don't know who's coming, who's not coming. And – Guys make mistakes. You know people make mistakes. I thought you saw. I mean, experienced lines make mistakes. So give them a chance to make a mistake. Don't just tell them, make their job so easy. But I see the Eagles, the two safeties are doggone. They're like 30 yards deep. I'm going like, no, what are you? You don't need to line up that deep. Now, come on. But they're, they're, their safeties are so deep, they're not going to help on anything. So 
I, I don't like the job he's doing so far. And, you know, he was talking about he was going to be aggressive and an, uh, an aggressive defense coordinator. No way. Too deep zone. That's not aggressive. Come on. Dude, that's that's hoping you stop. No, you know, when, when, and folks, they when he's saying too deep zone, you know what that means? I'm yeah. hoping the offense on the other side of the ball makes a mistake or a turnover. That's right. You're just trying to umbrella cover them. And right. in this league, now you see why Hill had, what did he have, 186 yards and three touchdowns and 11 catches? That's right. Well, when you have those openings down there and underneath, I mean – you, 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 your point about the linebackers, too. I mean, yeah, look, if you're going to play that style of defense, you need guys like Derek Brooks, yeah. the Tampa two type linebackers right. that can play That's the right. run, cover yeah. line, uh, cover tight ends coming off the line of scrimmage. That's right. And they just don't have those kind of they, guys in that huddle. They, they don't have them. I mean, because if you're going to get somebody like that, you're going to have to get them in a top pick or yeah. you're going to have to trade right. something really valuable to get that type of player, somebody with that type of speed. And so, that's the only way you're going to play those defenses. They do not have the guys. I mean, they, they are really not that aggressive. I, I just would at least like them to be more aggressive. I mean, you see the body, get up on the line, attack. If you're not going to attack, man, they're just catching, you know, tackle. Yeah. And I would say, you know what? I wouldn't even give a linebacker credit for a tackle. He makes it nine yards downfield after he's gotten blown off the ball. I'm going like, he go like, I, I had 10 tackles. No, you didn't have 10. I'm not giving you those five, seven, eight, nine yards deep. We we could get somebody out of the stands to do that. Corral tackling doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. J-O-P's, that's right. right, Gary? J-O-P's. Don't that's what that, yeah, you're right. Hey, J-O-P's. That's I, I hey, hey, a couple questions for you here. Let me throw this at you here. A couple of years ago, Chris Greer, the general manager, and Brian Flores in Miami had that in the right direction, but the record sucked. The, uh, at the end of the year, they, they even beat the Eagles, I think, at the uh -huh. end of the year, a couple of years back, and Seattle in the final quarter poll of the season. You think mm -hmm. this football team is trending in the right direction, or do you think it's taking on water? Well, you know, I, I think, you know, part of it is going in the right direction. And I have to say, you know, I have to, you know, uh, divide what offensive and defense. You know, defense, they got, they got some problems to solve. You know, they got to uh, make some changes and tweak some things, especially with the fact that they really don't have all the talent, I don't think, right now. And then some of the older players on the defense, you know, you look at a guy like Darius Slay. Is he going to be around when they try to do something? No, he's, he's just there. He's going to play a couple more years or so. He won't be there when this team really turns around. So you look at him, you look at a, a number of the older guys. And for that matter, Fletcher Cox, he won't be there either. So they've got older guys. They really need, when they go to the draft next year, they got to look at that defense, and they got they got to do a better job there. Offensively, you can see they got something. This kid Devontae Smith, you know, he's a real deal. Jalen's, you know, he had a good game. You you know, of course, he's still, uh, you know, guy you're gonna look at. You hope that he's the guy, uh, but they got some talent. The kid, uh, uh, Gainwell, he's a keeper. He's he's today's running back. See, yeah, outstanding out of the backfield catching the ball. He runs good routes. Kids like a wide receiver playing running back. You know, he's you like see Marcus where, Allen. He's like yeah, Marcus Allen. That's right. He's got that type of talent. So I liked offensively, even uh, some of the young offensive linemen. I thought they played well. Yeah. So you got some of those kids. So offensively, I think you got thumbs up. Things going in the right direction. Defensively, no. We, you know, they got they got to um, they're going to need to really do a real good job drafting because they do not have the horses on the defense right now. You know, um, and uh, you know. 
other than Javon Hargrave. I tell you what, uh, he probably already got a ticket now to the Pro Bowl. He's got, <laughs> he's got five sacks in four games as a defensive tackle. That's that's some, that's uh, that's big that, money. Yeah, that's, that's that's big money. And you 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 singled him out. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of the year, finally here. I have to ask you a Brady question because you played against Montana. I played against Montana. And I tell everyone, if the rules were the way they were today, Joe would have played until he was 44. They almost did play until he was 44. Just your assessment on what you've seen Tom Brady's career. I know that you would love to play against him and match your Uh defense versus him because it just looks like he's a savant the way he plays the position. Just compare those two. Are they comparable? Do you think Brady's well, better they're, they're than comparable. Joe? You know, uh, Montana was was a better athlete, able to move better. Yep. Uh, he would throw more on the run. Uh, uh, Tom might have a stronger arm, uh, but the, the big thing that they both do is they see things. It's it's like the point guard comes down. He sees what's going to happen, you know. Yeah. And Like Magic Johnson. That's like Magic Johnson. That's right. And so uh, he's able to create and um, – they they able to read coverages so fast, and and they put the ball. Then the big thing they both had accuracy. I think accuracy probably is the most important thing about a thrower. You know, uh, you could have a guy with a little bit more heat on it. Give me the guy that can put it on the money. And you saw the game uh, last night with Tom. Hey, his his boy let him down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's dropping it in the basket, man. Yeah. He, yeah, Antonio I mean, Brown. Tom, Tom drops it in the basket, and that's the way Montana was. Great accuracy uh, as a thrower and uh, able to really know what's going on, and he's already uh, on the move. Both of them can throw well on the move, and, and they were winners. You know, that's a big thing is that you, you got that quarterback that's got that competitive edge to him. He goes in the huddle. He gets everybody else going, hey, and you know, hey, we're coming back and we're going to win this game. And, you know, both of them, I mean, how many comebacks have they had? Both of those guys, you know, hey, if they're chasing you, <laughs> hey, 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 you, Gary. Might, hey, you might get on your cell phone going, look, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it home. Hey, Gary, I used to say this when, when I was with the Bucks. We, we played them and we played them yeah. a close one at Tampa Stadium. I mm-hmm. looked over at the guys and I'm looking at Irv Randall and I'm going like this to Irv. I go. They got three guys. They got Roger Craig, Jerry Rice, and Montana. And he looked over at me. He goes, oh, that's it, right? <laughs> yeah, they, they got it done, man. But that, but that accuracy, you know, and uh, that's the big thing about, uh, you know, Jalen. You know, he, he's working on his accuracy. Yep. If he's accurate, he, he'll uh, he'll be a big-time quarterback. So that, that's going to be the key uh, with him. But, you know, both Brady and uh, Montana, they had accuracy. They could put the ball on the money and, and they threw a catchable ball to both of them. Uh, sometimes, you know, you quarterbacks, you know, guys want to throw the ball through the receiver. Come on. You can, you don't need to throw the ball that hard. Let's throw a catchable ball. They threw both do catchable balls and they put it on the money. That's why, you know, the receivers like playing with them. Absolutely. Gary, great stuff as always, man. I so appreciate it. We'll see what comes up this week here. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Good deal. You got it. That's my friend Gary Cobb from Fox 29 in Philadelphia. We'll take a time out. Get back to your thoughts. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. 
go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Big Sills National Football Show. Appreciate everybody coming aboard. Thanks to Gary Cobb from Fox 29. Listen, coming out of the Kansas City game, I don't know what else to tell you. You are not going to beat Kansas City. You're not good enough yet. But is the team going in the right direction? I'll say this, and I'll continue to say it. The construction of the coaching staff has to be addressed. If you're going to hire such a young coach, and Nick Sirianni, you need to have some veterans on that coaching staff. I mean, it's a no-brainer. You always bring in somebody that can help you, especially in a league like today where offense is a priority. You need to have experienced, defensive-minded guys on that side of the football. And constructing offensive plays, that's one thing for a young coordinator slash head coach. The responsibility of you being able to sit there with a young Defensive coordinator, I think the staff has been constructed poorly. Now, does that come from the front office? Okay. Hey, Just Mike says, what's a J-O-P? Can somebody please tell Just Mike what a J-O-P is? Does anybody know what a J-O-P is? 
Those are the things that I hated the most. Okay? All right? J-O-P. There you go, smile. Jumping on the pile. I like solo tackles. Okay? That's where you get your big money. Guys making big plays. Jumping on the pile, you could give a J-O-P. That's why you see that stat sometimes. Guy has 200 tackles. Does he really? How many J-O-Ps did you give him? How many solo tackles versus the assist tackles? I don't like guys with assist tackles. I like guys that have uh, solo tackles. I'm a solo tackle guy. Uh, I, I strive for that, leading my team in solo tackles. <laughs> yeah. Just jumping on the pile. And, and kind of that's what Gary Cobb was saying, too, like in that game. You're not getting credit for tackling somebody 20 yards down the field. I wouldn't even give tackles like that. You got to tackle because you tackled somebody and you were getting blown off the football. So you you guys can hit on it, but, I mean, I don't really know what, what else to say. This football team has to show improvement each and every single week. Now the big key is going to be this. You're sitting at one and three after the first quarter poll of the season, and you're the Eagles. Bottom line, you've got to come down to this here. Okay? You've got to come down to this. All right, let's watch and see if this football team quits on the coach, continues to improve. Brian Flores, the coach of the Miami Dolphins, that football team and that organization, they're lucky to get him. Chris Greer, the general manager of the team, they've done a really nice job at constructing the Dolphins. However, you know what's happened now? They got quarterback issues. Look at what happens when you lose a guy who you don't have it figured out at the quarterback position. Tug of Viola goes out and look at the thing. The thing's a train wreck all of a sudden. No matter how good your coaching is, if you don't have that position figured out, you could have Vince Lombardi and Bill Belichick in there. Look at Bill now. Bill's just trying to figure it out with this kid, Mac Jones. Last year, he had he had Cam Newton, right? And his football record was 7-9 last year. I mean, the greatest coaches on the planet have to have the quarterback position figured out. JP says, so the league is littered with coaches who don't know how to coach? No. The league is littered with teams that don't have a quarterback. Just because you know how to put X's and O's up? No, JP, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you – here, Tom Brady – how many times have you seen Tom Brady take a football team with the 26th-ranked defense and win a Super Bowl? He knows his defense. Look at what Dak's doing in Dallas. I'm going to give you this, and I think this is one of the hidden things here with Dak Prescott. Are you ready? Dak Prescott is now figuring out how to play the quarterback position in the NFL. And you know how that is? Running the ball, putting it away not having his defense on the field as much, time of possession, being patient. You know what it looks like to me? Dak Prescott of the Cowboys got his money, and Dak is just completely in a comfort zone. I know you don't want to hear this, but the Dallas Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. That was a well-constructed game by Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator in Dallas. They beat a good Carolina team. I don't really think Carolina – beat anybody of significance prior to that Cowboy game on Sunday. But Dak, when I watch Dak, it just looks like he's figured it out. 
okay, it's third and 18. I'm going to try to get eight yards. And then what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to pick up the other eight. And if I don't, get this, I'll punt it away. We'll play defense, get back on the field to play field position. They haven't beat a good team yet, really. So you think that Charger team's not a good team. They just beat Kansas City, who beat the doorknobs off of, of the Eagles. Um, I, I, I think saying, I, I think saying that saying, I think saying that that football team hasn't beaten anybody of significance. Look at what they did to the um, to the Buccaneers. They should have won that football game too. Cowboys really, realistically, could be four and zero right now. By the way. I thought, hey, smile. I thought Carson Wentz. I thought he was effective. Colts get their first victory. I thought they ran the ball well with Jonathan Taylor. They played better on the defensive side of the football. Carson Wentz at one and three is in second place, one game out of first place with the Titans, two and two after beating the Dolphins. Smile. That's why, you know what? Even after his injury, I said that division is still doable, even if they did start out one and three. King says Dallas is a Super Bowl contender because they're finally playing defense. Correct. And they're in a soft uh, division. Carl says Cowboys do this every year when they when they fade. All right. Well, Carl, really? You don't think this is one of their best football teams since that um, ridiculous ruling in Green Bay on the Des Bryant non-catch? Looks pretty decent. I will say this. I don't think they're as good defensively as that football team was when Romo was the quarterback. But I think Dallas is doing it because they're running the ball better. Nigel says Chargers are okay, but let's wait until they beat Arizona or something. I don't know if anybody's going to beat Arizona for any time coming up here. Boy, I'll, I'll make one point to you one more time here. When I watch Kyler Murray play, and he's my MVP after the first quarter pull of the season. He's Allen Iverson in cleats. I mean, he looks like Allen Iverson. Runs around, sees the game. He's 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 magical. Hey, and I'll be the first to say this. I thought he was going to be too small to play in the league. And somebody kept telling me, Dan, it's not the same league where those quarters, quarterbacks got their asses handed to them all the time. It's not the same league. And they're right. It's not the same league. Hey, how about this? Smile just said, Cliff Kingsbury, coach of the year. You want to know something, Smile? Cliff Kingsbury's job was on the line, and it was put on the line by Steve Kine, the general manager of the Cardinals, at the beginning of the season when he said this thing needs to be a playoff team. And sure enough, man, they're undefeated. Hey, Gannon's right here. The Cardinals' defense is for real. You see J.J. Watt, the way he's playing, Chandler Jones as well. You got those two guys as bookends? I, I, I'll i tell you. Hey, by the way, just to show you something here, Krause Jr. gives me this all the time about his favorite defensive player, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Wow, Sills. He's amazing. Aaron Donald's amazing? Aaron Donald's amazing. Right? Here, here's a direct quote. Effin' Aaron Donald. You folks ready for this one? Last two weeks, his defense has given up 900 yards in total offense. 
900 yards. Let that sink in. You've almost given up 1,000 yards in total offense the last two weeks. And you play on a defense, and you're paying that guy $20 million a year? Think of that for a minute. I'm paying that guy $20 million a year, and he has zero impact on that football team. He was a non-factor on Sunday. Non-factor. And he, they blocked his doorknobs off in that game. Kyler Murray made that Rams defense look worse than the Eagle defense did against Kansas City. They, they, they were, like, on their heels. Aaron Donald was blocked. Non-factor, $20 million. I'm not paying that. I don't care who he is. Name, name me a guy in New England who Belichick played or paid. Hell, remember something about Belichick and Chandler Jones. He traded him to Arizona. Bill goes like this. Remember when Richard Seymour got traded too? Richard Seymour wanted a boatload of money, traded him to the Raiders, and got first-round picks and put it on the offensive side of the ball. And in the back end of the defense, he played for secondary guys. Hey, Stephon Gilmore, $20 million, I'm in. Guy like Darrell Rivas, I'm in. Guy like Jalen Ramsey, I'm in. But when it comes to paying defensive linemen, look at Khalil Mack. By the way, let's just throw this at you, too. This goes in here also. So Khalil Mack got traded away from the Raiders, right, to the Bears. How's that working out for Chicago? How's that working out for the Raiders a couple years removed from trading him away with those picks that they've used to put O-linemen on the team and defensive linemen on the team, and you're not paying a King's ransom for it? Raiders go into tonight's action against the Chargers undefeated. I'm not paying that money for Khalil Mack. That ain't happening. I need pass rushers, but this is where scheme and defensive-minded coaches come into the equation. Like I said last night, can you name me anybody? And that Patriots front seven, can you name me anybody? By the way, that kid from Alabama that plays in that front four for the Patriots, is a freaking beast. And Bill found, I, I, I don't know what round he found him in, but last night was coaching. Brady went to the line of scrimmage every time, and he had to figure out the puzzle. Every freaking play. When I watch the Eagles, I know exactly where the strength of the defense is. They line up in it. It becomes so predictable. Did you see Hill running around? And those wide open spaces. And when you combine that with the fact that they don't have the personnel at linebacker to be able to plug in and cover that or a tight end. And get this, Kelsey was used as a decoy the entire game. You understand what Gannon was doing in that game. They wanted to take Kelsey away. So they did. And what did Reed do? He ran the ball 32 times. Completely ran the ball. They had... Hey, I, I, let me double-check this stat. Hold on for a second, because I can't believe it again. Yeah, Chiefs ran the ball more than they threw it? With a guy you're paying $500 million to. Who's your D coordinator? 
you didn't see that that they said to you, and they adjusted in the middle of the game. They adjusted right there in the middle of the game to Andy Reid while they're trying to take Kelsey away. Kelsey didn't have a catch in the first half. Okay, let's run the ball. While those linebackers were playing on the seam and they were playing zone coverage and covering Kelsey coming off the line of scrimmage, they ran the ball. And then when you have a front forward, it's not sure what's being asked of them. And you're catching and you're playing two-gap when you really don't have to. I'm not playing it, Fletcher Cox as a two-gap guy. I'm putting that horse in the gap and letting him go eat. Two-gap? So the highest-paid guy on your football team in Philadelphia is a two-gapper? Do you know who two-gappers are? Trash cans. Roadblocks. Speed bumps. Dudes that work at the airport. Not guys who are the highest-paid dude on your team. As I said in the last hour, the difference between the Cowboy defense this year and last year is clearly one thing. They're playing fast and they're playing with no restrictions on them, trying to play technique. Sometimes playing technique. Remember something about playing defense, folks. It's an attitude. It's not a position. It's an attitude. You can have 10 guys fuck up on defense. One guy makes a play. But on offense, if you have one guy screw up on offense, you know what happens? The play's dead. One guy can make a play on defense. One guy screws up on offense, the whole thing's done. You've got to have precision on the offensive side. Defense coordinators know that. And so what Gannon's afraid of, they were afraid of the deep, deep pass, which had killed them anyway at the end, the end of the game. Do you see what happened at the end of the game? They gave up that freebie touchdown. They got their plus 25 touchdown anyway. The 15 E that uh, Mahomes threw, they, they, they completely outfoxed them in that game. The Eagles' latest, greatest 4-0 defense. Who's winning? Gannon's, Gannon is soft. We need an attacking defense, not a reacting defense. Who's winning? Let me throw this at you here, too. When you have to have that, that means you have to have people in your front four that go get after it. Okay? You have to have people that get after it. And, and to Jim Schwartz's credit last year, what were they in sacks last year? Third? Second? They did get after it. What happened? What happened to those guys? Injuries? Okay. That plays into it. No, they're ki- Just Mike, they're catching. They're catching. That's a fact. They're catching. So, yeah. Hey, the best team in the National Football League right now, I'd have to put the Bills in that conversation. They just shut out somebody else, right, over the weekend? Boy, I'll tell you what. Josh Allen could play. And if I were people in the AFC East, and because Mac Jones played great last night, that's reassuring to the Patriot organization. But if you're the Dolphins or the Jets, you think you got somebody in Zach Wilson? You might. They got their first victory over the weekend against the Titans. Carl's right, growing pains. That's correct. 
Who's winning? I think Gannon right now. So far, what I've seen of him as a defensive coordinator, I ain't seeing it. It's too predictable, man. Like last night, here. Last night, I was doing this, guys, just so you know. I'm watching the game, and I watch it a little different than you, I think. Maybe you guys watch it the same way. Shut out Houston, right? Oh, shut out Houston? Okay, smile. Thanks, man, for correcting me. I'm watching that game last night, and I'm just watching how awesome Belichick was in putting that game plan together defensively. Brady came to the line of scrimmage every time, and they were doing that walk-up defense. Do you know how much skill that takes as players and the confidence that the coaches must have on the sidelines when you see that? How many times did you see the Patriots? And what I mean by walking up, it's this. You may be lined up over a tackle here, right? But as he goes to set and he sets his old lineman, then you see him drifting over to the three-hole. And you see them drifting, and then all of a sudden you see a safety come behind him to get his backside here. Everything last night was done by design. And Brady had to find who the strong set safety was where he was, was he on the far hash? Was he on the weak hash? He had to look and see if they were scheming and gaming in the middle there, which they did. It did a great, by the way, they got to him numerous times just by the schemes of what he was doing. Linebackers crowd the line of scrimmage. Did you see him float back and get back and get back in too deep? Or they would walk up. See, the key to that whole thing is the great quarterbacks will do this, guys. And this is what you do nowadays. This is what you do nowadays. And King's right. If we had aggressive linebackers, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah, but King, if you had an aggressive scheme, you also might not be having this conversation. There's very little change on the Dallas Cowboys defense from a year ago except that it's more aggressive and it's simplified. Okay? And another year under their belt on being NFL players also helps. But here, watch me here. This is what great D linemen, great defensive linemen, great linebackers do. Quarterback comes to the line of scrimmage. Now, this is what Jalen sees too, or Josh Allen, or anybody. They'll come to the line of scrimmage before they set the offensive line. And then they can't get out of their stance. You guys know then you don't want to have a pre-snap penalty for a legal procedure or whatever. He'll look at the clock. And that 25-second clock gets down to five. Next time you watch a game, okay? Yes, Kevin, Hardgrave's getting after it. Next time you watch a game, like tonight, watch the 25-second clock, okay? The great quarterbacks, Derek Carr's having an MVP season too. I would say Derek Carr's maybe second in that conversation to Kyler Murray right now. This is what they do. Don't let that baby come down. And you know what the great linebackers will do? They'll be lined up like this. And they're waiting for you to set the scheme because what does, what does the quarterback have to do? He's got to set the line protection too. He's got to let the tight end know if it's going to be release or stay in for max pro. He's also talking to the line. He's also talking to the line, which the line will convey back to the back if it's max protection. 
All of that has to be done before the snap and before the setting of the football. Okay? You're sitting there and you're the linebacker. He gets down to five seconds. He's got to have a set call to set the line. That's when you move. And that's when you tell your backers, hey, slide, weak side, front side, game. Put the safety in the position where he needs to. That's what makes Brady exceptional. Gary Cobb said that in the last segment. Brady's ability to be able to take the intel and process it like Peyton Manning, as f- Breeze too, as fast as they can is exceptional. Michael says Eagles currently have three top eight draft picks. I go defense, totally. I get a corner. I get a backer. And I would say this to you, too. I still draft a quarterback into maybe the third or fourth round. Because if I was a GM, I'd always draft a quarterback. You never know when you find Russell Wilson or Tom Brady. You just never know nowadays. Um, who's winning says, if Gannon's call zones cover two on and on this season, it's done with the Carolina. Hey, watch this. Watch this. He's so predictable. I was doing this watching the Kansas. Dude, this is too predictable. Mahomes and Andy Reid went like this. Well, they're taking Kelsey away. They're taking the seam away. They ran the ball 32 times. It, it was so evident. I'm sitting here drinking my Coronas. By the way, hey, thank God that the uh, Krause has called me for the postgame show in time because two more beers, Big Sills would have been in the bubble. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? But it was so predictable. I'm sitting there drinking my Coronas going, how are you not seeing that if you're in the booth in your KC? I could have closed my eyes when someone said, linebacker's on the scene. Okay, run the ball. Is he deep third? Yeah, run the ball. Look, when you've played, and I've been fortunate, I've played in high school, college, and in the pros. So when you see things, I see it differently, I guess. So how about that? I I hate to do this. It's kind of amateur. The Eagles, like, scheme is kind of amateurish. K-Music says, if we had an aggressive linebacker, yeah, that's correct. You were rocking the Canes beanie, I was. Cornerback LB and safety. Here's the thing with the safety position. So they, how about Seattle? Jamal Adams, they paid like, what was it, 18, 19 million a year to get him over to Seattle from the Jets? Man, $20 million for a safety? I don't know. I don't know. They do need a safety back there, but 20 million? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. That's a reach, man. He, he's better in the run game than he is in the pass coverage game. My opinion, Seattle, the issues that they have, if you get a really good quarterback against them, you could beat them over the top because I don't really think they're good on the corner positions any longer. And getting after people in the line of scrimmage, I don't know. Seattle's defense just doesn't look the same. 
and it's Wilson really carrying that football team in Seattle. So, I mean, yeah, it just became like so predictable. Just like really predictable. All right, hey, I saved this for this time here. And I'm not going to go to break yet because I got to get to it. Guys, okay, did, who saw the Urban Meyer video on Twitter? Michael, <laughs> linebacker, outside probably, corner. Who saw the uh, Urban Meyer video? I've been telling you guys, and you know what? I used to get shut up in the state of Florida all the time because I used to tell people this going all the way back when he first got the job, okay? Urban Meyer is a liar. He's got no character. He never has, and he never will. This guy had a guy in his coaching staff, and Zach Smith, who was beating his wife, and he's going around telling everybody, don't put your hands on women. So what does he do when he plays a Thursday game? He tells this guy, you have the weekend off. You have the weekend off and your football team's 0-3? Your football team's 0-3. And this is because he's in the state of Florida. The media there will give him a pass. You imagine doing that crap in Boston or Pittsburgh or Philadelphia? or any place that they revere football, hey, you get the weekend off. And what does he do? He goes grab-assing with a co-ed at his bar in Columbus. And he's, and, and, and he's sporting an Ohio State, like, hoodie. Yeah, now he's 0-4. Toby, our defensive scheme and pass rush from the DNs are a problem. I think the whole scheme is a problem. But Meyer, man, I mean, who would have thought that the 21-year-old quarterback in Trevor Lawrence is more character than the coach on the football team? I would have thought it because I never thought he ever had any character. The only reason he got away with that crap in Gainesville was because he had Tim Tebow in the building. This is the guy who had Aaron Hernandez. This is the guy who had the Pouncey brothers who used to go out shooting their gun in the air outside their dorm rooms. 36 arrests in five years of him being head coach in Florida. He can't go back to college. How can a guy like that walk into a parent's home and go, I'm going to take care of your son? Really? Really? You mean like your coaches that beat on women and their wives? Multiple reports of police showing up to Zach Smith's house for domestic violence issues. And the Columbus police hit it because they love Ohio State. You ever notice the places that he coached? Either the law enforcement are going to turn the other cheek, Gainesville and Columbus. Kevin, never happened in Philly. You're damn right. You're not going to act like that in Philadelphia. Take the weekend off. You're 0-3. Hell, we're bitching about firing Gannon now because his scheme sucks. Urban Meyer, get the USC job. Really? Think so, huh? That guy at Cincinnati. Finkel's going to get that job because the athletic director, um, the athletic director is the guy that hired Luke Finkel in Cincinnati. Is now the athletic director at Southern California. I like, and they ended up beating Notre Dame over the weekend. Jim, 
He is such a scumbag. Urban Meyer. See his wife? She's pissed off on Twitter. His wife. And by the way, he had to address that today in front of the national media that he was a scumbag in Columbus. Yeah, I was grinding on a co-ed. A student. Okay, 57-year-old coach who knows better. I was telling my aunt over the weekend this. You know, you know you're Urban Meyer. And you're in a bar like that with people with cell phones that have cameras on them. You're not set up to be a coach in the NFL because the cameras are always on you. Look at what we're doing with Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, we're dissecting that so-called hug at the end of the game with Brady and him. Oh, you know, but, you know, people don't realize Bill went into the Buccaneer locker room after the game and spent 25 minutes with Tom. I mean, come on, man. Bill Belichick spending 25 minutes with an opposing quarterback who just came into Gillette and beat him. I don't know about you, but that's not something that um, in the 50 years Bill being in the game, I've ever heard him do. But because he has so much respect for Tom and what they accomplished together, I thought it was a really great moment last night. I really did. I thought it was really great. And, and, and I loved the whole thing. It lived up to the total billing. Hey, 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 smile. Yeah, no, no, that's right. Brian Kelly coached at Cincinnati. He did. And he, hey, man, that game was sort of close, but not really. That quarterback at Cincinnati can play, too, by the way. Who would have thought Cincinnati may actually be the best team in the state of Ohio this year? Hey, Ohio State cut that guy loose. He took over. I've, I think he was an interim coach with the Buckeyes. And then, like, they fired him. I think that's what it was. Who's winning says offseason, fired Gannon, hired Jimmy, Jim Johnson, discipline, or disciple. Draft stud LB, strong safety, defensive end, or middle linebackers. Go into, um, go into the Southeastern Conference to find them dudes. Tell me that wasn't a great college football Saturday, too. Oregon goes down to Stanford. I mean, Notre Dame gets their faces kicked in. I mean, Iowa, Penn State. By the way, I want to show you guys a little bit of something here when it comes to politics and sports. Okay? Hey, let's take a timeout. I want to, I want to show you that. We'll get back more to the weekend. Anything you want. To, you're right. Gannon needs to be replaced. He's too – how about this? And I say he's too immature. He's too immature as a coordinator. He might be a decent – position coach, but it's way too predictable. But I also want to show you the politics that's going on in sports today. All right. We'll take a time out and keep it here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. 
What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show. Black Pops has stopped at Ohio State. Still the best team by far. Where? You don't mean in the country, do you? You mean in the Big Ten. <laughs> Not in the country. You, you, you don't mean that. Because they're not. So, and by the way, this just in. Hey, Lane Kiffin, if you're going to drop the mic pregame against Alabama, have your team show up. Instead of getting run off the field. Hell, Mike Canes were more competitive than your old Miss team was. I hear people on um, some talk shows, and I also see it on social media, that Miami people want, um, okay, my bad. You're right. You're right, Black Pop. You're right. I did say Ohio. Way to call me out on it. You're right. Um, I want Lane Kiffin. What's he ever done? Who's, what's he ever won? Oh, that's right. He won a couple national championship rings as Nick's boy. Oh, and by the way, he's just a he's just a name on a list of many that have gone in there and won national championships. You're lucky you have that on your resume. You bombed at USC. You bombed at Tennessee. You were seven and six. I mean, really, what was it? FIU, FAU? Who cares what that is? I don't even know what that is. It's like Division 10. And now you're at Ole Miss. Yeah, congratulations to you. Your record's mediocre at best. What have you ever won? He's dropping mics against Bama. Congratulations to you. <laughs> yeah, okay, great. 
See, when you drop a mic, your team has to back you and go out and win. Not get their faces kicked in. But that guy around me, you talk about a guy who's been given. Look at listen to the jobs he's been given, and he's done nothing. SC, Tennessee, Ole Miss, the Raiders. Who gets a job like that or jobs and you do nothing with them? Nothing. I've never seen anything like it. Guy consistently gets jobs handed to him. Why? Because he's good. He should be on TV. Put him on TV, man. Because if you put a headset on him, I don't know. Maybe he's a good coordinator. He is because Saban hired him. Saban hires him as a coordinator. He must be good. But as a head coach, haven't seen it yet. Let me show you a little bit of the politics in sports here. So this weekend, by the way, I get up. The only show in the United States, football-wise, that I get up every single weekend and watch. And I live on the West Coast. So I get up at 6 o'clock in the morning to watch game day. I love that show. It's the best football show next to the Fox show on Sunday that we have in this country. So this weekend, they're not going to be covering the Iowa-Penn State game. It's a top-five game. Both teams are in the top five. They're going to be covering Oklahoma-Texas, Red River rivalry this weekend. Why is that? Texas? I don't know. Oklahoma's been shaky at best this year. Why do you think ESPN's covering that and having college game day there? Tell me why you think. I posted it on my Twitter page. Why do you think they're doing that? Because they were instrumental in destructing and decimating the Big 12 Conference by taking Texas and Oklahoma away from the Big 12 because they don't have television rights for the Big 12 and convincing them to go to the Southeastern Conference. It's a reward. That game, I don't know. I don't know when the last time that game was relevant. When's the last time Texas was relevant? When's the last time Longhorn football was relevant? Okay, Mac Brown? Jim, right on, dude. It's money, and the fact that they've left and that ESPN now has the rights for the Southeastern Conference, there's no question they get the prime game now. And they were instrumental in doing that. Yeah, Mac, Mac Brown, smile. So I was like this. And so you're not covering a top five game between Iowa and Penn State, but you're covering something that has no impact on the Big Ten Championship and the National Championship. Zero impact. Zero. Oklahoma's not great this year. They play in the they play in the Big 12. Who's a threat in the Big 12? Baylor? TCU? Kansas State? Kansas? Oklahoma. These are like okay programs. These are not elite programs. It's okay. Almighty dollar, though, right? Carl says the 60s. So you're covered, Texas OU. I'm still trying to figure out why. Oh, no, I know why. 
because cash register is going ching, 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 ching. And you were going behind the scenes at dismantling the Big 12. Colin says, God forbid they put Iowa-Penn State on game day twice before November. Right. Well, they deserve it. Robert says, in the Super Bowl, Nick Foles tried to shake hands with with Tom. Hey, listen, man, and he didn't. Tom doesn't shake hands because he was schooled by Belichick. Yeah, that's shaking a backup's hand. Even though he was a perennial backup in college and he started his career in the NFL as a backup. Tom not going to give anybody anything. By the way, I thought he gave uh, Mac Jones some love last night. That was pretty cool watching him do that. Hey, way to play tough. Way to hang in there. Keep your head up. It's all good. Dude, you getting that from the GOAT? I'd be like this. That's awesome. That's the most words he speaks to opposing quarterbacks who haven't really earned the equity to get, you know, his, uh, you know, hand on the shoulder kind of stuff. And he knows, man. He's the heir apparent to Tom Brady. Can you imagine that? Nobody will ever remember Cam Newton quarterback that football team if uh, this kid Mac Jones goes on and wins the Super Bowl. Nobody will ever remember that. Okay, the only reason they remember Drew Bledsoe is because Bledsoe got his doorknobs knocked off in that Jets game by Mo Lewis, and the job went to Brady, and Brady went on to a Hall of Fame career. Hall of Fame career? I don't even know. What do you call Brady's career? How about this? Let me ask you something here. When it comes to team sports, can you name me another athlete in professional sports history in America that has galvanized a country like Tom Brady? Let's think about that for a minute. Name me a guy that you would go like this, man, Brady. Now, I'm talking team sports. I'm not talking Ali. Okay, I'm not talking that. I'm not talking even Tiger and stuff like that. I'm talking team sports. Can you name me a guy in American team sports history that you go like this, man, I mean, like I said to uh, Krause Jr., and I broached this in the first hour, Brady is our Cristiano Ronaldo, our Messi. He's our Lionel Messi. Like, if I, if I went to Germany or I went to Russia, you think they'd know who Terry Bradshaw was or Joe Montana? Or, or maybe even Peyton Manning. Okay, that's a great comparison. Mike, who do you think people will remember more 20 years from now, Jordan or Brady? Who, who, it, it, who galvanized? How about this? I think both those guys are their sport and bigger than their sport. Brady's bigger than football now. But know this. We've seen players in the NBA that are bigger than the sport, have we not? Jordan, Magic, and Larry. LeBron. Gretzky's not American. In the NHL, is a Canadian sport. That's more North America, Colin, but um, it's funny. That debate you could have with somebody who's the greatest NHL player of all time, Bobby Orr or Gretzky or, you know, some other, fu- you know, you, 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 you could throw anybody in there. I happen to think it is Gretzky, but that's that we've seen that in the NBA. Other guys have been bigger than the NBA. 
But I have never in my life seen anybody bigger because the NFL doesn't promote one player over another in the league. And like I said, Ken, I said team sports, not one guy. American team sports. Hey, just Mike, nobody will ever sell more shoes than Jordan. Okay? Jordan has the greatest deal of all time. Do you know what, too? I'll tell you a story there. Michael Jordan didn't even want to sign with Nike. He wanted to sign with, um, I think, Adidas or Puma. And his agent, David Falk, said this. Now you got to name a shoe after him. And Air Jordans, that's how that whole thing blew up for him financially. You know, Jordan makes $400 million a year in that Nike brand. It's crazy. Crazy money with that brand. You see football jerseys with the Jordan logo on it now. But Brady has done something that has just like he he's bigger than the NFL now. Yeah, Joey, he didn't David Folks, they, they Nike, if you remember back, well, some of you may not, but back in the day, Nike's Nike shoes were like not very, they were not very well constructed. Of course, it's off of slave labor, but that's a different conversation. Absolutely. Most un-American company on the planet is Nike. They tell us we suck in this country, and yet they go over, and 87% of their sportswear, including their shoes, are made in China with slave labor. That's a fact. Then they turn around and they sell it to inner-city kids for $300 a pair of shoes. Completely true. And by the way, that's why LeBron blocked me because I asked him, I go, so you're telling us in our country how poor we are here in this country and how bad we are and our government's poor, and yet you have a relationship in China with Nike and your shoes are made over there, LeBron. Eh, But that's a different combo. You know, nobody wants to hear that. Brady is, last night, like I said, after they put all the, I mean, just TV alone, Joey B goes, New Balance. Wait a minute here. Wait a minute. Let me think of another brand here. Hey, British Knights. Hey, why don't you go get some British Knights or some Feelers? Right? <laughs> British Knights. New Balance. Yeah, yeah, they rock, right? New Balance rocks. All right. I'm going to tell you guys. What I'm going to be expecting from this Eagles team as we go forward, okay? This is what I want to see. If you guys are thinking this team's going to win the NFC East, unless Dak Prescott happens to go down, it ain't happening. We'll take a timeout and keep it here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You... 
could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight cares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, National Football Show. Eagles need a new coordinator on defense. Gary Cobb and I were like, Gary Cobb and I were sitting watching the game yesterday, and we were calling out what Kansas City was going to do before the Chiefs even snapped the ball. It was so easy to read. It is so predictable. I mean, I, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm like, you can't. I was watching the Saturday college games and the receivers in the SEC. I was watching, what was the game? Auburn and LSU. And I was watching that kid, Nix. That kid, Nix, man, for Auburn, man. He was pretty amazing. And he was on the road in Death Valley. I, you know, I was like, wow. So they pull off a stunner. And the wide-open passing lanes that are in college are so evident. And you'd never see that in the pro ranks, but on Sunday against the Eagle defense, they were so wide open. So wide open. Can't have that, man. And see, this is what Gannon is doing, the Eagle D coordinator. This is what his mentality is right now. And I, and I kind of get it. See, you got to remember something too. Remember these guys and these coaches. Okay. Follow me here. These coaches are going to go like this. Okay, what's the personnel we have? Hey, let me let me ask a question. What do you guys think the Eagles roster is defensively? Give me give, well, give me a grade on what you think the roster grade would be as a defensive unit. Here's what I think they are as a offensive unit when healthy. 
do I think that the Eagles have an offense that could be north of 500? Yeah. Joey says C+. Plus. The front's good. Linebackers are being exposed. Now, could that be the scheme? It could be. Just Mike says C+. Plus. Okay. If you got a B offense and a C-plus defense, you should be winning games and keeping games close. Okay? If I, you're telling me B and C-plus, B for the offense? BC says, we're, we're still in the same room, BC. C and, am I right when I say this? Offense for the Eagles? When healthy, B, here's the limitations for the Eagles on offense. And I'm not talking about injuries here. They have no running game. And 19, okay, look, so in the last two games, you've run the ball 22 times. Andy Reid did more running the football in one game than the Eagles have all year. Ran the ball 32 times. 32 times in one game, and you have Mahomes on your team. Dude, needs to be some thinking going on inside the Eagle locker room here and also at the coaching staff meetings. Okay? By the way, Joey B, Daniel Jones goes for 400 yards. Where did that come from? Holy cow. That dude threw the ball for 400 yards in the game. I mean, he was on target the entire time. I mean, um, by the way, it's got to be like the first weekend that I can remember, okay, that the Giants and Jets won on the same weekend. Derrick Henry runs that every week. Hey, hey, just Mike, didn't he go for 157 against the Jets? That dude went for 157, man. That guy is a beast, man. I, I, he's got to be one of my top three favorite players. Okay, so my point is, if we think that the defense is a C or C plus, and you're getting run over by a team that does not really have the identity of running the ball, think of that for a minute. Kansas City ran the ball for 200 yards on you. 6-4 at carry. 6-4 at carry. Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to put the gun to anybody's head. He could just put it in his holster and turn around and hand it off. 6-4 at carry. Game's over. Anytime you see that stat, 6-4, 32 attempts, game's over. You have no chance of beating them. If you throw the football for 500 yards, you've seen people get beat doing that. You see somebody run the ball 200 yards, you don't ever see anybody getting beat, and it's usually a blowout. Jay says, Hey, Dan, I'm no coach, but shouldn't these linebackers be coached to close in the opponent when it starts to approach your zone and not look lost? Hey, Jay, that's kind of what we've been hitting on. I don't think they understand what's being asked of them, and it's the lack of knowledge. I mean, these guys are playing slow, and it looks slow for a reason. The same way the Cowboy defense looked slow last year, and they always looked like they were out of position. 
the Eagles right now, in my opinion, this is my opinion, I don't think they're being very well coached in what the responsibilities are on defense. Fletcher Cox has one sack, and here's another game he doesn't show up in the stat sheet. He's struggling on what's being asked. Watch their expressions on the sidelines, too. When they go over and they sit on the bench, these guys are going like this. They're questioning everything. Am I supposed to have my head outside, inside? Was I supposed to slide? Dude, you get people asking those kind of questions in-game. How do you make adjustments? That's why in the second half you see these NFL teams rolling them over. They're rolling them over because they can't make adjustments. You know why the Eagle defense can't make adjustments? Because they're really not sure what's being asked of them in the first place. How do you make adjustments when you're lacking knowledge of what's being asked of you? You can't. That's why you're seeing teams having second, better second halves against that defense like you did when you saw the 49ers. Just so happens Kansas City figured it out because they got a great coaching staff on that side of the ball. They knew exactly what they were doing after, I would say, two series. Oh, they're going to take Kelsey away. All right. You're going to take Kelsey away. We'll run it. And then we'll see if you can stop the run. And when they figured out that the Eagles couldn't stop the run because of injuries or scheme or what have you, and linebackers are soft, Gary Cobb said guys are making tackles nine yards down the field. You know what that means? That means you're chasing. And when you're chasing, that means you're getting beat at the point of attack. That means your scrape lines are getting knocked off. That means your linebackers are out of position. That means your secondary is affected. That means they have to – you see what happens when your guys get knocked off the ball? Your secondary has to go like this, and they have to give spacing for the backers to scrape. They've got to move their line back. When your D-lines get knocked off the ball, watch. Your D-line gets knocked off the ball. Linebackers can't run because they got a wall in the way. So what do they have to do? They have to get back another yard. That's three yards. You're already giving up three yards in alignment. Think of this for a second, Jay. Watch this. If I'm getting knocked off the ball because I don't know where I'm lining up, that means I'm in the linebacker's way. Well, I got to back up here. I'm three, four yards off the ball in alignment, just in alignment. So when you're seeing 6-4, that stuff is just in alignment and how you're lining up pre-snap. You got it. What I would have done in that game, I'd have put these guys in the gap, let them hit it. Because you, you're going nowhere now. It's 6 4 a carry. Joey B says, when you're chasing, you're probably on strawberries in South Florida in 85. Bang, bang. Damn right, dude. Or you're in, or you're in Montreal at Shea Paris. Not that I know that it's a great strip club or anything. Not that I you know, not, 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 not that I know that that's a great strip club in Montreal. Someone told me, and I read it. I, I, I read it somewhere. Oh yeah, I read it on a Reddit post by somebody. Shea Paris. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, honestly, man, the 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 alignment. The linebackers are four yards off the football, and your D-line's getting knocked three yards off the ball. No wonder it's 6-4 carry. No wonder Andy Reid went, I'm not throwing it. 
going to run it, man. Hey, <laughs> Colin. Read it on a live journal. How you doing? Bottom line is linebackers suck. They were released for a reason. Absolutely. So after four weeks, Sample, would you like to adjust your prediction on the Eagles win? You guys talked me into it. I said six wins. Then you guys talked me into nine. Oof. You guys talked me into nine. I'm with you. Yeah, yes, Paul. And see, this is why we love talking here because Paul goes and he's calling me out, as you should. We should all go to the strip clubs after every Eagle game. By the way, the ones in Philadelphia, tight quarters, from what I hear. They're tight quarters, man, in Philly. You know, this. not that I've been to a few, but I'm just saying in Philly, they're tight quartered strip clubs in Philly, aren't they? Very tight quartered. Let me go to strip clubs. Carl, I ne- that's such a stereotype. Oh, my God, Carl. How dare you say that? All right. It's been a lot of fun here, man. Hey, by the way, tonight, I got the Chargers in a close one against the Raiders. I think they win that ball game. All right, guys. I appreciate it. By the way, please, guys, like the show if you can, if you do, and maybe later on. Watch it or share it. We really appreciate everybody that comes aboard. Thank you so much. Um, We'll catch you tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern time, and we shall see you on the flip side. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.